This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet John Eads, the CEO of LearnLoft, a company designed simply to elevate others. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com subscribe and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, we have the CEO of Learn Loft, a leadership development company, turning managers and leaders into creating healthier workplaces. Welcome to the program, John Eads. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am super excited. We connected on LinkedIn, uh, always kind of giving my listeners a background. But, you know, LinkedIn is such a special community because it's those of us that are trying to improve the world, right? One step at a time. And through the lessons that we're learning and helping building these stronger communities. So you really spoke to my heart and I wanted to make sure to share your story on everyday leaders. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I think the only thing I would, uh, it's not only about the people trying to add value to others. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to find their future and LinkedIn's a great place to do that for themselves and for their education. It's a, it's a wonderful platform and I'm gra- glad we got connected. Me too. Me too. And reading through, you know, kind of understanding our stories. um, I love that you have a sports background because I think so many of us that have experienced any kind of um, being an athlete at any level can really appreciate the things that we have to bring into our lives that are discipline and consistency and, and having the confidence, you know, to take those steps forward to learn how to fail And so I really wanted to explore so many of these areas with you to help the listeners just realize that, you know, there may be things that they have potential to do in their lives to get inspired to take that step and to move through either personally or professionally, you know, to do it now. And and so I want to go back and and show uh, kind of the process of what you went through beginning kind of your life, learning leadership skills, learning how to kind of tune in to what your strengths were in your life, going all the way back to golf. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that sports have always been a part of my life and golf was the biggest because uh, I went on a college golf scholarship to the University of Maryland. And so golf was always my main thing, you know, my main sport, uh, the one that 
that was probably my true love, I guess you could say. But but sports as a whole has always been a part of my life, and leadership has been a part of that too. Being the captain of sports teams, being you know a president of X Y you know middle school and in high school, and and so leadership and sports kind of always go together because you're talking about either leading yourself when it comes to an individual sport like golf, or leading a team, a golf team or a, a football team, and so I think there's a a tremendous part of of the combination of the two and so there's a there was some research done by leadership quarterly and what it looked at was are leaders born or made so for a long time i thought i was a born leader right Mm -hmm. captain of everything sports included um always kind of at the front of the line i guess you could say if you were looking at it from a line leader perspective um and i thought i was born that way And what Leadership Quarterly discovered was that 24% of us from a leadership perspective is DNA, Mm -hmm. you know, something that you're born with. Mm -hmm. Well, that leaves 76%, which is developed or, you know, we, we learn. And so I took that mindset that I was a born leader into everything that I did. And and it caused me to, to fail a great deal, both in the, the sports arena, golf arena, which I, I, I went through an up and down career, um, before moving into the professional world, but then the same goes in the, on the organizational side. So those, those, you know, as a, as a, as a whole, you know, I, I like to think of early in my life, I always thought I was a born leader and I discovered through my failure that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had to do some real work to develop myself and then help other people develop the same way. Now, I love what you just said, because I want to go back to beliefs, right? And we all talk about our beliefs in ourselves and our abilities. And so even if you have this percentage of this belief, if we don't engage, if we don't create a path to be able to increase our capacity, right? You can have certain beliefs about yourself. You can say that I'm going to be a great golfer and I'm going to go on the tour. But if you don't practice, if you don't put yourself around the right people in the right environments, you know, and really be disciplined about it, you can never fulfill those dreams. And so it starts so much of it right internally. And, and I love that uh, just to hold the whole conversation about you can be born with this DNA but until you develop that, you've got to really intentionally step into your own being and what their strength sets are and then how you're going to kind of see your life through that. Um, well, I would add one th- more thing to that, yeah. and that is you can go do the work and you can put in the practice and it still might not become a reality. Mm-hmm. And that's a difficult thing for people to think about because, you know, I put in unbelievable amounts of hours um, working on my golf game once I had turned professional and it didn't pan out Mm -hmm. and that was difficult I mean there was no you know there was no I not dotted no T not crossed Um, and it still you know it still didn't work out and that's okay I, I think God had a plan but my point in saying that is that any of your listeners you know you, you the, the work does not 
guarantee success. And but if you don't do the work, if you don't put in the effort, I can assure you this it's not going to happen. And so just keeping that mentality that you're process oriented, you believe in what you're doing, both mentally and then with the work that you do every single day and you optimize the odds of success. But I don't think it's guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely. So let me ask you a big question then. So when you have to pivot, right, when you have to really analyze where you are today, and I know we've talked about this offline, but but realizing when you get to the point where you've got to just take a step, step back and kind of re uh, redirect yourself and and really reflect on what is that next step look like? Very difficult. I mean, uh I think the number one thing is having really good people around you that um, you can be honest and vulnerable with, share truth with what you're feeling and what you want to do. Um, and I, I think there's another part of that, which is you got to get really deep to the root of why you're currently doing something or you're going to pivot to do something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we kind of, have in our mind that this is what we we might want to go do or we have a vision for what we want to do for me it was playing professional golf but when you when i when i got to the real root of why i wanted to play professional golf it was for money and fame mm. and and i think if i would have had that if i would have succeeded in that i never would have become the person i am today and i will continue to become and so I like to think of anybody's dream if they're having a big pivot moment or a big decision to make in their career or in their life, which is why do you want to do it? Why do you want to do what you're trying to do? Is it is it in the right realm? Is it does it have the right purpose? If it's just about money, if it's just about fame, I promise you it's not the right one. And so um, then get really good people around you to talk through that, to explore other options. Um, I think a lot of people always say, well, follow your passion, follow your passion. I couldn't disagree more. I think, you know, you got to try other things to discover your passion. Mm-hmm. And so just because you don't know it today doesn't mean you won't uncover it. I mean, I didn't know I was so passionate about leadership and organizational health until I did it, until I was around it every single day. And so um, my first year in the professional development world, I hated it. In fact, I wanted to go so far away from it, you wouldn't believe. But it was through that perseverance, that patience that I that I just I couldn't imagine. I never could have imagined, Melanie, that that I would have loved anything more than golf. And I love what I do now 20 times more than golf. Mm-hmm. And so that patience, that there's a, um, the definition of patience is a person's ability to wait something out or endure something very tedious without getting really riled up. So just think about that. Can, you, can your ability to wait something out and endure something really tedious and, and not losing your, 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 and getting riled up or not losing your ability to continue to do it. And that is true in life for anybody. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to go do the work. It just means you have to do the work and remain patient. Mm-hmm. 
And I very much believe that you're going to start to see the, you know, the, as it says scripturally, you're going to see the fruits at some point. And now that doesn't mean you're guaranteed the fruits, but you should see signs of good fruit, signs of good fruit. And that should show you on, you're on the right path. And I believe like what you were just saying. So I was writing some notes here and thinking about mindset, right? And so when you get into that sphere of influence and, and you've, really taken this journey to say, okay, now I've, I've really reflected and said, I am learning more. I believe more in what I'm doing now than, than what I believed 15 years ago or 10 years ago, because Mm -hmm. look what I've achieved. And that builds your confidence of now what's uh, available to me, right. That I didn't have access to uh, before because I didn't know what I know. And, you know, we always talk to kids and our parents said it to us, if I could go back <laughs> and know <laughs> what I know now, <laughs> right? It's that same journey. And so from learning those lessons, it helps you to kind of put those right people in your life, the right perspective, so that you can say, now what are the opportunities, right? And so being hooked up, if you will, on the, on the right train uh, really gives you the ability to see more, see the future, and, and be able to impact differently, Right. That's right. I mean, you know, I teach my seven-year-old almost every day. I make him say, I can grow, I can get better. I can grow, I can get better. And I think it's true for all of us. It's not just true for kids. Um, You might not have that DNA to be the best leader of all time, but I know you can get better because 76% of us is developed and learned. Um, You might not go be Martin Luther King or Mother Teresa or Abraham Lincoln or, you know, you name your favorite leader. Um, But I know you can get better. Uh, There's a, there's a, um, as a golf fan, I'll use the analogy. There's Bermuda grass, okay? Bermuda grass mm-hmm. in the winter dies. It turns brown. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, it's green. In the spring, it gets, starts to green. I mean, you're either growing or you're dying, just like Bermuda grass. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose. I mean, your audience, each one of you listening to this, get to choose whether you're growing or you're dying. If you're going to sit on the couch and, you know, binge watch whatever you name the show, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Okay, but are you using it for the perspective to help you grow or are you using a perspective to let you veg out and and stop what's going on in the world? Exactly. It's either that noise, right? You're trying to eliminate that noise in your life for time just to have meditation, right? Or it's the time to say, great, now I've done that, right? If you schedule that time. And I, I love how uh, Dave Ramsey talks about money, you know, taking the money that you have and saying you've got uh, so much in your bank and then you just schedule every little penny out and and um, accounting for that. And it's just like time, right? So are you reflecting in your time? Are you meditating in your time? Are you using your time to grow? Are you using your time to work? Are you using your time with family for, for your spiritual growth, your fitness? Uh, there's so many avenues, right, that you have to account for every day. And so uh, it is, are you coming home and just relaxing? Or are you coming home and doing something to advance yourself uh, and your learning? And so a lot of people don't understand, they haven't been on this growth journey. Maybe they are just living life, right? They get married, they have, they get out of college, they get married, they have the kids, they are involved so much in, you know, just kind of life and what's what's happening around them. And so to be able to take a few minutes a day 
to be able to enlist in either a podcast or a, a training or some kind of personal development that may be outside of what the career expectations are, right? Because so many of us have experienced, hey, we're going to a seminar that's going to teach us communication skills, or we're going to learn a specialty in, in um, our industry. But that was usually the time when people said, oh my gosh, I can't wait. We get a detox. We get to relax a little bit. We get to think into what our strengths and skill sets are. And that's just like personal growth. <laughs> yeah. And there's one thing though I want to make sure we highlight here. Yeah. The people that are listening to this already have that mindset. Yep. You know, they wouldn't be listening to this show today if they didn't believe they could grow and they could get better, which is interesting. So then you get to say, okay, you can be this kind of, to use the, uh, you know, you can be a junkie for personal development. At the end of the day, what we're trying to get is to some level of wisdom and application. Absolutely. Because you, if you have knowledge at the first level, if you have comprehension right above that at level two, and what we're really trying to get to is level three, which is some ability to of of real wisdom and application. Absolutely. And so, as good as this podcast is, I'm, I'm, I mean that with all sincerity, right? Um, and I'm so happy that people are listening to this right now. But what we've got to get to is some ability to apply it, some wisdom. So, and that's where the real gold is. And so then the question is, how do I transfer this to being able to apply it or to some wisdom? And and I think that's where the gold comes in. That's where the gold comes in. And so it's, you know, being able to say, what do I feel about my own personal development, right? Am I involved? Am I blogging about the things that I do that are great? Am I involved in classes? And so there's so many things that people have access to today. Right. And, and so you, I want you to talk a little bit about your book that's coming out, um, which is really exciting, Building the Best. And it's going to be coming out this year. But talk a little bit about how you were inspired to write that and some of the details on how we can follow that. Sure. I mean, it, it, you know, you talk about mentors. We talk about people that walk into your life at certain times. Um, there's a, an author named John Gordon who wrote a book called The Energy Bus, Power of Positive Leadership. Um, I wanted to learn for John, from John for a while. I, um, his daughter was going to Clemson, so I asked him if we could meet at a Clemson football game. And he said yes, which was fantastic. So we met in person for the first time at a Clemson football game, a guy that he had never met, 32 or three years old, uh, really incredible opportunity for me. And so I'll never forget, I, I we had been together for about 20 minutes or 30 minutes at a, at a tailgate. And I knew John had worked really closely with the Clemson football team. And, you know, at this point, we had been studying leadership a lot, and there was this this head coach at Clemson named Dabo Sweeney. And Dabo had taken this super average football program, I mean, as average as it gets, uh, to be one of the best programs in the country. They now have gone on to win two national championships in three years. And I said, John, what makes this guy Dabo Sweeney so special? Like, how does he do it? How does he lead like this? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, John, I've never seen a leader use love and discipline like Dabo. Mm. And I thought, man, 
like I'm a parent. <laughs> I lead a team at work. Love and discipline, like when that hits home to me. Um, and I said, do you mind if we go do some research on this? And he said, I'd, I'd be happy for you to. And so my team went to work on, you know, is, is it possible that the best leaders do use love and discipline in order to, you know, what the best leaders do? And so at this point, to date, we've done almost 40,000 assessments of leaders. Um, you know, we've just really defined both terms at a deeper level. And um, and so the book, Building the Best, is all about um, that, that, that core idea that the best leaders use high levels of love and, love and discipline. And that um, at the core of leadership, it doesn't matter who you are, what role you're in, um, the key to leadership is to elevate others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so we define leadership as um, someone whose actions inspire, empower, and serve in order to elevate others over an extended period of time. And so that that kind of that 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 that's what provided the framework for the book and again to help someone to get to some level of application and wisdom how do you go lead people better if you're in a role where you have direct reports or a team how do you use love and discipline at higher levels and here we then teach a, a framework and eight principles to go about doing that mm -hmm. and so i want to ask you this question and not to throw you off topic but the difference between managers and leaders and i know you're passionate about this hmm. <laughs> but it's important because as we're involved and and most of us that are listening are in roles right where we're either stepping into or we have opportunities to step into and maybe we're being led by managers right and hmm. so there's a big difference in how we think about our approach and so i just want you to kind of speak into that a little bit well, it's a question that's, you know, it's, I think it's gone on a long time. What's the difference between a manager and a leader? And I, you know, there, you could use any kind of one liner that you want around this subject. At the end of the day, what I want your listeners to understand is that I think anybody in can manage. I mean, yeah, there's a certain set of things that managers do. What's required today and moving forward is leadership. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're n there's going to be a lot of jobs automated, okay? There's one job that's not going to be automated, leading other people. Mm -hmm. No robot will ever do that. Somebody's got to make the robot, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even just that. I mean, you know, AI and all this stuff, you know, the, the speed of change in our organizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, there's nobody that's going to automate, you know, being a dad and leading at home. Yep leading your spouse, leading your kids. There's no one that's going to automate that mom. There's no one that's going to automate the CEO. There's no one's going to, you know, we've got to be able to lead people. Someone whose actions inspire, empower, and serve in order to elevate others over an extended period of time. That's not going to get automated. No, that's not going to get automated. And things, and some, some people talk about the fear, right? Now let's talk about fear a little bit. They talk <laughs> about the fear of this technology that's going to take over the world and like, oh, what are we going to do? These jobs are going to be gone. And, but that gives us the creativity now to go back and say, like what you just took us through, how do we connect specifically connect and become inspiring to create something different, right? There's always going to be these needs and these gaps in the world. And so there are things out there that need to be created that haven't even been thought about yet. 
And that's what I love about <laughs> about leadership, you know, because you sit in groups with with people that believe the way that you do and you start to develop those thoughts of how could we help? How could we add value to a process, an industry, right, that hasn't been yet explored maybe? And so that's where I think, you know, if you become better in your life and have that confidence and move through this process, you are ready to take on that next wave of change that's coming. I think that's true. <laughs> so it's exciting, you know, <laughs> so many things that uh, that we believe in are just going to help uh, all of this culture, right? This culture change. And we talk about the millennials and everything that they are bringing into the workplace uh, and these new social environments. And so I think it's really, it's been uh, refreshing to, to kind of see how things are are changing and we are working in different spaces and we're working from home we're working mobily we're uh, some of us uh, seem a little isolated right from the normal um, grind if you will of being in these uh, eight to five environments with meetings back to back (laughs) you know in little groups all day some of us are just uh, single workers and have to kind of learn how to adapt differently so, well, yeah, I think, you know, there's a couple of distinctions here. Th- those complexities of working remotely, of, you know, the the Uber generation, you know, kind of working on your own, I, these are all com- very complex things for leaders to navigate today that they didn't have to navigate before. Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, someone's leading a remote team, very, very much more complicated than having your team around you every single day, eight to five. Mm-hmm. Um, or so let, let's kind of take them separately. Okay. You have the work for myself generation kind of on my own time, et cetera. Um, the gig economy, I guess you could say. And then you have this remote work, completely different things. Um, so I, there, the, the speed of change, there's no doubt about that. It's a big deal. At the end of the day, though, those that are leading others that have remote team members or, you know, use Slack to communicate versus, you know, email or all these things that are changing. At the end of the day, we've still got to have really good relationships with people Mm -hmm. in order to effectively lead them. Absolutely. So so we cannot ignore that that bond of mutual trust that needs to be built, whether someone's working in Bali or working in Charlotte, you know, um, they're, they're, they still need to be someone on their team that's going to help elevate them. Mm-hmm. And that's that trust. It's that connection. It's that communication. You know, all of those fundamental what companies might call soft skills, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that we know aren't soft. <laughs> that are really critical to the success. And and so that's why I love this conversation, John, because there are so many things that uh, the people can gain, you know, just stepping back and saying, you know, what is happening in our industry? What's happening in our work culture? What do we need to really focus on to improve? And, and those things that you're lifting up in your organization now all of the specialty leadership development skills, so uh, assessments and coaching and um, giving people the ability to join something to have a professional development process if they don't have that in their current uh, work environment, right? And so uh, talk a little bit about the structure of you know your company and what you do and kind of how people can access that. 
Yeah, then I, I, we, we, as you mentioned, we exist to turn managers into leaders and create healthier places to work. And so everything we do, we run past that decision is, is this assessment, does this program, does this coaching program, does this online learning, does this help turn a manager into a leader? Mm-hmm. Is this going to help elevate the way someone leads? If it doesn't, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we like to think of it as it's really hard to get better at anything until you get on the scale. <laughs> I mean, until you hold the mirror up in front of your face. So if you don't, if you, if you know, if, if you don't get on the scale or you don't look in the mirror, you know, we, we might not know you become obese, but the minute you get on the scale and you look at that number or you look in the mirror and you're like, wow, I really let myself go here. And so we've got to do that for people in the workplace or for organizations. And so we think that is a really critical element to be able to change anything, which is for you, the individual, to understand that there's areas for you to improve. And so that's why we start with an assessment, either a 180 or a 360 assessment that we've built um, called the EO 360, it stands for short for Elevate Others. And then that measures you in 16 competencies. And then we provide learning content behind that, again, to go f- to, to provide that base level of knowledge to help you go lead better or the organization to improve your culture or whatever that might be. Um, and then we're going to go, how do we get to some level of comprehension and wisdom? And typically that means some kind of coaching and ongoing development. Um, I, I never really was that, you know, I always had a golf coach. I always had coaches in sports. I've always had, you know, but I didn't really understand how important it was to have a, a coach, to have an external voice in your journey or in your life that just can provide a little, to get that little bump. I really never thought, I mean, I, I use it in my personal life, but I never thought it was that important beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I'll be really frank here. Um, I've been married eight years and, uh, we had some stuff going on at home and, uh, my wife said, why don't we go talk to somebody, you know, a therapist. And I said that I'm more than open to do that. And so we've been going to see this therapist, um, more for maintenance than like a, a house on fire, but I've been amazed at just having an external voice there to help us on our journey and better communicate. And then now we're able to take that back home much later and, and do it more effectively. The same goes with you and your journey or you and your leadership journey, just having someone externally to be a voice and to provide ideas. So that's where that third piece comes in so importantly is how do we go help a, a frontline manager or a regional manager or someone that owns a, a division or a CEO or, you know, provide coaching and development ongoing and so that's the real third key part of our business i'm sorry i put the long-winded answer there but. <laughs> no it's that's the authenticness of this program right i mean it really comes from a space of what you believe is so transparent and that's why i want to lift and inspire my listeners to say look we're all going through something right we're all struggling with either how to be better in our professional career we want to we want to lead others. We want to be able to invest in our future so that, you know, we have those great uh, relationships and we have those great stories and we have those great connections because from that comes the power of the future. 
and and that's unwritten right now, right? We can do anything that we connect ourselves to and that we invest uh, this time and energy. So uh, it's really, really critical that people feel like they have choices. And so part of this is, you know, with teaching, with you having you really explain this process. And as you go back in this analogy of coaching, mm-hmm. it is, it's so inherent, right? We, we grow up and our parents coach us. We don't know that that's what they're doing because we don't have the capacity to understand, <laughs> but, but they are right. They're either coaching us in a good way or we're disconnecting and becoming rebels through it, <laughs> but they're trying to provide that we've been there. We want to help you develop. And, and so through that, then we go into these work environments. Then we get into, you know, relationships. Uh, we have our peer groups. We have our faith groups. We have our you know, social, um, you know, other environments that we kind of connect to. And all of this processes goes back to having people in our lives that can help and provide that support and elevating us. So I love your message uh, of really tying all this in together, right? Learning these lessons of coaching and leadership and elevating ourselves to help others is really what it's all about. It really is. I mean, John Whitmore said coaching is unlocking people's potential to maximize their own performance. So just think about that. I'm not sure every parent is actually trying to do that. (laughs) So, yes, you know, people are coaching you. My my big thing is that um, the best way to coach someone is to ask really good questions Mm -hmm. and get them to self-realize it. Now, if they're not at that point in their journey where they know the answers, then we've got to be more direct and give feedback and show them and teach them those kinds of things. But that's what a really good coach does. They unlock your potential Mm -hmm. um, by having an external voice and asking good questions. And so I, my, there's a lot of things your audience can go do to kind of unlock their potential. Um, but if I could leave, you know, if, if I can just think about what's really important today, if you just go build a career for yourself and you make all this money and you're able to do all these things, but you're not elevating others around you, if you're not bringing people along on the journey, how fulfilling is it really going to be? And that's where I want particularly our young people to to really grind and think in the short term is I'm not saying you don't have to go provide for your families or go on vacations or whatever you want to do. But this whole idea that if I just become a millionaire and I travel the world and it's all about me, that that this life is going to be great, I just completely reject it. Mm-hmm. My My best days are – coaching the special Olympics basketball team that I coach, Mm -hmm. you know, because I see the smile on their faces or, you know, when I see one of our team members deliver a module or a workshop in person and seeing them kind of grow and thrive in that moment, it just fills you up like you would not believe. Mm -hmm. And I just, I would all my, I would just leave, I just want your audience to think like if you're not bringing other people along in that journey with you, if you're not helping elevate them, if it's all about me, you are missing. Yep. Sorry. I get passionate. No, about that, so. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, uh, 
So much wisdom, John, from you at your tender age of 36. (laughs) You've got so much to add to the world, and I appreciate you and your time this morning. Uh, It's been a real honor to have you on the show, and I want to really promote you for this Building the Best coming out this this fall, and uh, and also encourage people to follow you on your podcast, Follow My Lead podcast that uh, that you have going. So uh, thank you very much. Any last words that you have for encouragement? Um, I'll, I'll leave your audience with this. There's a, a Latin phrase called nunc cepi, nunc cepi. And what it means is today I begin. Today I begin. I don't really care where you've been in the past. I don't care how you've been leading up until this point. Um, We all have stories. We all have families that are messed up. We've all had a bad relationship or a bad boss or a bad career um, or a bad job or a bad day. What I care about is where you're going. Mm Today I begin, start anew today. There is nothing holding you back from doing a little more tomorrow to getting a little bit better tomorrow. Every single day, and you're going to make mistakes. You're gonna screw up. I mean, I teach leadership for a living to other people, and there are many moments every single day with my own team where I'm like, man, I could have done that better. And so don't beat yourself up. This world is so difficult. There are, there are so many challenging moments that are going to happen in your life that it doesn't need another person to beat you up. <laughs> you can't beat yourself up. It's too hard. So today I begin, start a new tomorrow or right after you listen to this, just think that today is a new opportunity. And to Nunchepi, today I begin. I know um, it's just life's hard. And and if we let it win, if we let those challenging moments win, we're in for a world of hurt. Get strength through the struggle. Today I begin, Nunchepi. Today I begin. John, thank you very much for being on Everyday Leaders. I appreciate having me. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.